0: Drama on One.
1: Sundays at 8pm. rte.ie forward slash
2: drama on one. Drama on One.
0: Next on Drama on One, In The Wings. In this edition, writer Rosaline McDonough and performers John Connors and Christine Collins discuss Rosaline's play I Am Not Your Knacker.
2: My name is Rosaline McDonough. I wrote a poem called I'm Not Your Knacker.
1: My name is John Connors. Yeah, so I play the first person in, in the poem by Rosalind McDonough called I Am Not Your Knacker.
3: My name is Christine Collins. Um, In truth, I don't play a part. I am somebody that Rosaline brought in so she had a traveller woman's voice as a narrative.
2: I got the idea from an uh, African-American writer... Right, James Baldwin. It was the time of the civil rights in the 60s and he was being interviewed on NBC and he got enraged that they were using the Anglo word and he said, I'm not, the N word. And I suppose for me, I kind of internalised the K word But when I saw, and particularly my nieces and nephews, having to endure and been asked what does that word mean, that was hurtful.
1: I suppose the poem is about, it's about the traveller experience in Ireland. I'd say even specifically, it's about Rosalind's experience, what she went through. And really it's about the human spirit, I think, and what the human spirit can take and overcome.
3: I Am Not Your Knacker by Rosaline is a very powerful piece about how I think, how my perception of it, which could be very different to Rosaline's, is about how people use this word in certain easy circumstances and also how people define us by the word. I mean, I think we're all tarred with the one brush. We're all treated the same and all judged the same. And I suppose the thing about being a traveller, from my perspective, is that people aren't judging you as a human. They're judging you as a community. So if one traveller does you wrong, people's perception is that every traveller will. I would say the point that she's trying to get across is that every human is fragile throughout their life. And just because she's a traveller doesn't mean that she's not fragile or she's not human, that she doesn't feel pain or feel prejudice or feel the racism that's portrayed upon her not just because she's a traveller but because she's a woman and she's a traveller woman and she has a disability and because she's absolutely overly intelligent but people don't see that because the first thing they see is her wheelchair. She's constantly being judged from every different angle of her life and her person and that, like, just society itself needs to change.
2: I'm not to anchor with something that I wanted to leave behind me that nothing else will be worth leaving, if that makes sense. Not that I'm going anywhere, but it's that sense of that job. Somebody needed to write that poem. Somebody needed to investigate or tear up what that word means, how it's used, why it's used, and what it means be called that or at least to know him, you're being called
1: that name I can definitely relate to this any traveller reading this or hearing this will definitely relate to us we have a collective experience that is similar growing up in Ireland as a traveller you know you have certain experiences where you get rejected kind of left right and centre you know school onwards you know in society in general and uh, Rosalina has really put it together in a beautiful way that I think humanises that experience Without also projecting hate, which oftentimes can be the response to, to hurt, you know, can be hate. But I, I think love always conquers all, and I think that's the message of of this piece.
3: Um, I was in Glenmore as a child, and I've done a bit on stage, and I did small parts in a couple of films. I suppose the last thing I did was I was the lead in Rosaline's show in Galway, the night shift.
2: It was also the only time in my life when I've written something where I wasn't in my wheelchair I got down on the floor and markers Normally I have somebody typing but I felt at least for the first 10 drafts it was something that I needed to do on my own, by myself say the word keep saying the word
1: The first travel actor I think ever was Collins. Michael Collins Mikey gave me the belief that I could be an actor because someone has to climb Everest first, you know and then you're seeing other people that are getting involved in uh, the entertainment industry uh, in comedy, like Martin Beans Ward, Rosaline. Uh, I think is a trailblazer in um, theatre specifically. I think we need more people involved in theatre because a theatre has the has the real power to uh, change people. I think when you get inside a theatre and a dark room full of people that you don't know, if you're presented with the right story, the right production. I think it can change your mind, it can change your attitude and it could change your life.
3: Daddy got into the business, if I remember, he was working in RTE. Ugh, that's not true. He was working in the Dublin Traveller Educational Development Group, I think in 86. And this um, moving acting school came in to do a drama piece with them and he just started acting there and then. So then he went from doing that and he was in Row. I think he was in Row when he did the Honey Spike though.
2: And it's not so much how it's been said. It's where it's been said, you know, in the most interest. Your colleagues, your friends, you know, the K-word is so casual. so part of the Irish vernacular. And of course, then they say, oh, that's not what I meant. And that whole trajectory of, but you're not really that, that's not what I meant. And you're not one," that, you know, all that. So I just decided, okay, let's deal with this. And let's see where it comes.
1: I think in the last couple of years, it's definitely gotten better for travellers. I've seen more travellers get involved in the arts, which is encouraging, because I think art is the thing that transcends people, transcends culture and changes people's minds. Because you can do things on a political level, but for me, sometimes that approach can be like sewage. And you can't force anybody to believe anything. But I think art has the ability to disarm people. So I've seen a lot more travellers getting involved and getting embraced in the arts. So I think that alone is shown an improvement and that will have positive ramifications I think for the years to come.
3: The thing I try to say to people is you're Irish. So if you go to America and somebody says oh you're you're just a paddy. Or if you're Irish and you're living in America and you call yourself American and it's oh you're a paper paddy or whatever they call people. That hurts you a small bit. Imagine, that's defining where you're from. I am Irish. I am an Irish traveller. I'm not from a different country. This is my home as much as it's your home. You shouldn't be judging me just because my culture is different. I have every much as right to be in the island of this island as you do. It's no more yours than it is mine just because my culture is different. And I think she's very strong about how she words it. And I would be a lot fiercer or more aggressive when it comes to racism because... My mother's a traveller activist, my father's an actor, they're publicly known. So we were never raised to be ashamed or afraid of who we were. Very proud of the fact that I'm a traveller. But I think the way Rosaline does it, she does it so intellectually that you as a settled person may understand it.
2: Originally from Chicago, but moved to Dublin when I was four or five to go to special school on the north side and my parents moved to be near me. Average average kind of woman, average kind of viewer, as we would say. I wanted to be a civil servant. I wanted to be a set designer. I wanted to be a rock star. I wanted to be mostly a fashion designer, the truth be known. And I ended up Reading Tennessee Williams, The Glass Menagerie, Laura, and I thought, oh my
3: God. I'm originally from Dublin, I was raised in Castellnock, and I now live in Cavan.
1: The more travelers that we have involved in the arts, uh, I think the better, and I think if you look at like you know our problems that we have around mental health or our suicide rate, which is the highest rate in the world of any people, I think one of the main things we're going to have to ha- incorporate is creativity. Creativity allows for uh, a conversation to happen, it allows for an expression of stuff that is being repressed, yeah, I just think it's very important going forward and if there's that sort of visibility with Travers in the arts, and then you see young Travers going forward thinking they can do that too, you know.
3: I played Liam Heffernan's daughter in Glenrow, so i was I was in Glenroe in and out of it, I suppose, for the twelve years of my youth. I think I started in it when I was six weeks old as a baby, and then I was in it till Glenrow stopped, I suppose. Me and daddy were both in it and a first cousin of mine, my aunt's son, Michael, he was Ward and he played my brother in Glenroe.
2: The abbey was on the corner of the street. My mother would have begged up near Jervis Hospital and just, I don't know, heaven. It, it was a building like you're not allowed into or you don't belong or that's only for settled people and it was big and it was I knew it wasn't a cinema, but it looked like a cinema. You know, they were all in the one area, the Savoy. And it was all, and also, do it was my first wheelchair. I mean, I, I had independence in a way that my sisters never had at that age. They were all chaperoned, and here was I, my wheels and I could go into the abbey and sit there. There was a famous uh, woman, Lily, on front of house. And I remember I didn't have enough. It was a matinee. And I I only had spare change. But probably she let me in and Brenda Fricker. They were doing Big Maggie. And the monologue. Do you remember the monologue? I got out of my chair and kind of bent forward. It was like, a, I can still remember the physicality of how my body reacted. And I thought, this is amazing. This is in a world where I can breathe. I know who I am.
1: The acting school was ran by Kathleen Warner Yates, who acted as a, somewhat of a mentor to me. And a specific class was ran by Julie Shearer, who was a classically trained Australian Shakespearean sort of actor. Yeah, so I used to piss Julie Shearer off a bit because I was always trying to play things ultra real and subtle because I was more inspired by film and never watched theatre growing up. It wasn't for people of my culture to do. So uh, I, I remember by the end of the course, she thought she broke me in, but we ended up doing the the show on a very small, tiny stage. So I played it down while everybody else played it up and mine resonated probably the most because I have that voice that goes through the room anyway. And she said, you got me. So she never got me on a big stage that kind of broke me in, but she did teach me about a different side to me. So I came in the first night and I released a lot of rage that I had inside me and it kind of scared people in the class. But it showed that I had a danger as an actor, which is a good thing. But what she did was she helped me harness my vulnerability. Um, Because if you get an actor who has that sort of danger, but they can do the vulnerability, well, that's a lethal combination.
3: I was in Trojan Eddie as a child with Richard Harris. I think I was in The Commitments as a child as well. And then I was in King of the Travellers. I played a small, tiny part in one of John Connor's shorts called Innocent Boy. But I did bits and pieces, is what I would say. People say to me, are you an actress? And I'm like, I'm not. I do a bit of acting, but I'm not an actress. I would never define myself as if I'm being honest. Like, my father's an actor. And I would say, I do a bit of acting. I don't know. My father says it to me all the time. You're a psycho. You're an actress. <laughs> but whatever.
2: See, I don't think you become a writer. And I'm not convinced I'm there Yeah, I tried everything else, Kevin. I tried everything. But I could never hit the mark. My what I do, just close, but never quite the thing I have. But what I could do and what I can't do, I love reading books. And that sparked an imagination that I didn't know I had. Also, my speech impediment, I would have shied away and tried to live in a very internal Live in my head and and observe. I also knew, being a traveler, I knew I had a rich, a rich, source, behind me. But I also knew I had a responsibility to go there where, where no one else had gone by way of a writer. But also that I, wa- I did not want to be, disloyal. Nor did I want to sanitise or be over polemic, even though I probably am. So it was a journey. It was a very, or is a very interesting, evolving journey. And I suppose I learned, like we all learn, it's a discipline. It's a craft. I'm not gifted. I have to work very hard. And in that work, you do learn about yourself, and you do respect your betters you know and you, and you know and God how Marina Carr, how she must work to do the work she does
1: well look- like as I said, M- Michael was definitely always there in the peripheral, you know there's a travel actor there and I seen him in Glen Row, but I still never thought about being an actor, but I loved film and um well Thomas McCarty is a really old-school traveller, Shanachie, and and singer. And he just sits on a chair singing songs that are hundreds of years old that he heard from his mother that was passed down his family line. And he's really the last of of a, of a dying breed and a style of singing. It's, a, I suppose, a kind of Shanos, but in its, tra- its own unique traveller way. But I did see Michael Collins doing a play, a one-man show called Magpies on the Pylon. And that was about a father and son and a father who was interacting with his son who was a ghost who died by suicide. And there was a certain scene in that and when he went to that scene where he was talking to the ghost of his son, sort of Hamlet like, it floored everybody in the room. And it was you know there's that silence that is deafening and everybody was crying. And yeah, that had a profound effect on me. And also I because I saw something that represents where I come from on stage, and I went. Hang on, this is not this conspiracy I have in my head that it's just all about this or that. That par- people or you can theatre's for everyone, you know. And when I learned that, that's when I embraced theatre more than film. that's why I think, think it's a more of a pure uh, craft.
3: I'm a full time mother. I have two children. I have a little boy who has autism and an intellectual disability. He's twelve, and I have a little girl that's eleven. I'm also in college training to be a home care assistant. Um, in Blanchettstown through the Blanchettstown Traveller Development Group and they have a group of travel women on this initiative from the health board that are being fully qualified with a level seven in home care.
2: From 2015, I had watched a lot of my peer group die. And we forget with disability, there's fragility. We were taught, don't think like that. Be strong, don't be vulnerable. But I watched that a lot of my pals died and my best friend, Donald Tolan, of this parish. And that kind of brought home my own mortality. And then I kind of went off and did something very stupid. I went off and did a PhD, thinking I could get rid of this play right in out of me and I went over to Northumbria and Duna. And then I came back and I was hanging around like a bad smell. I was getting really worried because not only were my disabled peers dying and my travel peers, but my settled peers were moving up the ladder. And, you know, they were having plays produced and this, that and t'other, And there was I thinking. So, um, and press publishers were new and they were looking for guinea pigs. And they said, will you write something? I said, yeah. And originally my idea was a collection of short stories. Stuff that never worked on the stage, I thought I could rewrite this and, you know, that didn't work and I just sat down and wrote it in the period of eight months. She's
3: trying to break down barriers with settled people because she knows other travellers know how she feels and she knows how travellers feel. So I think her poems, even though they're, they're not specifically aimed at anybody, they're more aimed at the people that are being prejudiced towards her than her own people. And I don't think that's a bad thing. I think it's just her, her mechanism of dealing with, like, this is how I'm trying to tell you what you need to change. And these are the things that is happening in this land to me, even though this is where I'm from. And then I suppose it also is a lot more harder for Rosaline because she's obscenely intelligent. And she's an amazing woman, if you know her. But people misunderstand her and they treat her like she's this delicate flower and she'd probably rub me and you under the mat with her intelligence. But I don't treat her any different to how I would treat anyone else. She's just Rosalind to me. Highly intelligent woman knows exactly what she wants to say. She just, I think, finds her peace of mind putting it in paper more so than saying it out loud, which is what she's good at.
1: I suppose throughout my life, I've had different stages, you know, from a young age, my father, I, I watched him try to commit suicide, helped save him. Later on, he did die through suicide. And that plagued my teenage years for a trauma basically that I didn't know and almost almost ruined me because I, I was on the death's door and I decided to kill myself when my brother Joe stepped in and said why don't you try a new purpose other than boxing which was the previous purpose that I lost and he said why don't you try acting and he didn't just pick that out of the air because I was obsessed with film and in that moment I was so low I decided yeah okay I'll go for this it's like a life jacket because When you're in that position and you want to die, you don't want to die. You just want to end the pain. So if I could get anything that could save me from that pain, I was going to try it before killing myself, especially considering uh, the aftermath of that, the aftermath of my mother hearing of my suicide, like what you went to with my father, my brothers, all that stuff. So I gave it a go and I went to an acting class in Abbey Street. And the only thing I can describe it as is it was like entering a whole new world. that I never knew existed.
3: I think RTE has changed over the last couple of years and they have started to um, slowly include travellers more. I know that there was travellers in Glen in the 80s but realistically there were it wasn't portrayed very well even though, like my father was one of the actors but he wasn't writing the scripts, do you know what I mean? And there's only so much that RTE or anybody can portray travellers without including travellers in that process and I think that's slowly but surely happening. But I do think that an absolute lot more could change. I think if travellers, if RTE or like the Irish Times wanted to be more inclusive, they could definitely be. But I do think it has still come on a lot from where it was.
2: I write every day, Kevin. I don't do days off. I am very single-minded, very disciplined, ambitious. Uh, I suppose the other thing is I don't go much. I'm not one for you know. I have a, a lovely life, but it's a bit like I I really enjoy it. It's a privilege to be able to do what I do, and it doesn't really matter if it just stays on my computer. The art of being able to do it, to think about it, to imagine it, that's the first step towards anything. And probably the most satisfactory. The other journey is where you start to hustle. And you know, and that's a different, that's not about creativity. That's about something else.
1: The actors that I love are the actors that can come into a scene and play four or five different emotions and have you. Twisting and turning About how you feel About them and their character And also They're the actors That also have An aura about them No matter what That's something That you actually Can't control That aura Everybody has a different aura You know Um, And James Gandolfini Was one of those For me He could come into a scene And you know You knew he had These kind of Psychopathic qualities But then he'd show you Moments of vulnerability That he would draw you in Moments of doubt Then go back to that Hard nose side of him You know Uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman another one of those actors who was who stole every film he was in Marlon Brando was basically just a magnet uh, you couldn't look away Jack Nicholson, Denzel Washington, Tadero Pacino all the popular ones like that I mean they're popular for a reason Kate Blanchett is another great actor actress I suppose Kate Winslet, another great one my favourite Irish actor ever is an actress is Brenda Ficker I think Brenda Ficker had this thing her, the power in her silence and that strength that she had Again with that vulnerability, and she had this stillness that is so hard to do, because you know oftentimes in acting classes, actors get taught about stillness and the power of stillness, but uh, stillness isn't powerful by itself; it has to have a purpose, and that that's innate, I think, in people like Brenda Fricker. She she for me is is our greatest actor.
3: I have a cousin who is a travel doctor. And I have a cousin who's a Traveller teacher. Um, she's a Gale School fluent Irish teacher. She's actually moving to Australia at the end of December, I know. And her brother teaches in a college. I mean, um, they're all a cousin of mine's children. And I do solely believe it is the way your mother and father rear you and what they expect from you. Their mother is a teacher, their father is a barrister, you know, so it's, they, they're a well-educated family. I mean, my mother and father didn't have a great education, but... They shoved us into having an education, every one of us. My little brother is living in Canada with his girlfriend and he's a scaffolder out there. I do home care. My sister is a traveller traveller. And I do say this with a political term, as in she's very happy just being a wife and a mother. And um, she's a highly intelligent woman, but that's the path that she lives. And then my little brother is actually in College of Art and Design. So like my mother's children, like every family is what I'm trying to say, are very different but I think that's the thing about Irish culture. They perceive you under this umbrella of what a traveller is. But if they just—if people get to know you as a person, then they'll know that not every traveller is the same. I wouldn't call myself a regular anything. I'm just me. I'm Christine. And then I happen to be a very proud Irish traveller who is a mother, who has two children, who didn't marry into her community. But my children's father is not a traveller.
1: It's a tough business to make a living in uh, Being honest It's why I've had to diversify And and create a company Clustervox Films With Ternan Williams My business partner And we write, direct, produce Uh, I do theatre Film, television, documentary Um, What I've learned is that You've had to have a lot more uh, Strings to your bow You have to add them In order to survive Because if you're an actor What you're waiting on Basically is A yes from somebody else And I've never been comfortable With anybody controlling my destiny anyway so um, for me, it's more about controlling my own destiny. And uh, if you make a living, which I am just about, uh, happy enough.
2: I've had a very colourful life. I've had a very life full of risk. And I suppose also my family, I had to protect and respect that my parents were also the parents of 19 other siblings. So there was a huge self-reflection, but also a self-restriction in terms of, how do I say this without saying it, and also for my own maturity as a woman, and just being able to let other hurt go.
0: And in that edition of In the Wings, you heard writer Rosaline McDonough and performers John Connors and Christine Collins discussing Rosaline's play, I Am Not Your Knacker. In the Wings is produced by Kevin Reynolds. To hear all past editions of In the Wings and the complete archive of the Drama on One podcast, go to rte.ie forward slash drama on one. If you've been affected in any way by issues aired in this play, help and advice is available at rte.ie forward slash support Drama on One
1: Sundays at 8pm (laughs) RTA.ie forward slash Drama on One Drama on One